Because if you read Young Justice, like, Robin has no idea what the fuck's going on. Because he's just like, technically speaking, I was never a member of this team, but I now remember being a member of this team, even though it technically never happened. And it's just like, what the fuck did you do? What did you... You were you were out. You were out. Why did you come back? What? You were... So it's like from... You know, as a as a reader, I I enjoyed a lot of the post rebirth stuff because it's like, oh yay, Wally's back, and like there were some really emotional bits in that, and you know, yada yada yada. But like by the same token, no, like from a from like a continuity standpoint, they're doing it again. They're right. fucking doing it again. Well, now that I've got you good and mad. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. Uh, <laughs> um, hello and welcome to the uh, Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that uh, this week is apparently me going to be just me shitting on stuff. Oh, I'm Max. You did this. I'm Jr. Oh no, uh, <laughs> I did do this. <laughs> You say a couple uh, of nice things about DC in the last decade, and then you get him all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. How you... I I don't get me wrong. I love DC. I love DC, but their their crises drive me crazy, and just like I I think pinch it off or don't. Pinch it off or don't. I think that's the point of the crises is to drive you crazy so that you so that you read the books so that like they know their they know their audience and they realize that if you just get them mad, they'll keep buying the thing to get more mad. He's going to pop a blood vessel. I am. Uh, I'm going to midway through this. I'm going to be like Joe Biden. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Squirting blood from the eyes, man. Uh, um, All right, so news. So there's a bunch of pointless death bullshit. Yeah, uh, like I don't even care. Yeah, uh, somebody's Incoming, gonna die. Who cares? Somebody already Heimdall died. died. Okay, whatever. Uh, the only real actual news news. Oh, Marvel has a VR or an augmented reality thing that they're doing. Whoopty fucking do. Um, yeah, the, uh, the upshot though is, uh, so in Rio, this is, this is one of those things like I, yeah, it's, I'm doing my best because it's a, it's a part of the world I'm, I'm hesitant to dip my toe into because I don't know like all of the socio-political aspects of this all i can do is comment it up from comment on it from the standpoint of uh gay rights and uh comic bookery yeah um and uh so rio is doing a big book festival and uh there is apparently a bookstore or as part of this there there is a a brazilian release of avengers the children's crusade that is being um targeted by the mayor of brazil for influencing children um and uh 
so the mayor tried to have the book banned from the festival um and the uh the festival has stated no like this is an inclusive thing you know and if people if people buy it and they're unhappy they're welcome to come back and get something else or what have you but we're not going to censor something indiscriminately like you know this yeah. is going to be available uh and the mayor's the mayor's office has said that if they're going to sell it then it has to be bagged and have a warning on it and stuff like that um my feeling on this is twofold number one uh if you've never read the children's crusade it's not that good uh yeah that's what when you were telling me before we started recording you were like do you remember the children's crusade and i was like what because it's just (laughs) such a not the historic okay uh and i go well kind vaguely kind of it i remember the the name and you were like that's good enough that's about all you need to know right yeah it's it's one of those things like the art in it is great jim chung is awesome always it's it's jim chung art but the story is fairly lackluster and honestly um the the warning i would put on it is aside from hulkling and wiccan kissing this uh, this entire thing is kind of pointless like it was it was a big deal when it was coming out because it was just like oh man we're going to confront the scarlet witch with the shit she did in house of m and then it just kind of went nowhere and oh man we're gonna confront scarlet witch with all the terrible trauma we've inflicted upon her (laughs) oh wait that came out wrong (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah it was it was not very good but whatever um the thing the thing about it is i feel like the putting a putting some putting a warning on something like that that it is influential to children it's a kiss it's yeah. not it's not like uh it's not like they're trading blowjobs or anything like that yeah. it's literally two young men kissing that's all it is and there are there are hundreds of uh examples on the shelves at any given moment of two straight people kissing and if you think that a kiss is influential to children you can't you can't draw distinctions or else you have to admit that no it's just this one makes me feel icky yeah and uh yeah that's just that's just fucking idiotic but like who gives a shit on honestly i mean it's not they're both they're the same age it's yeah. not like it's not like it's an old it's not like a call me by your name situation where one of them's underage or anything like that mm-hmm. they're both they're the same age it's a it's a perfectly it's a perfectly innocent kiss. It's just a kiss. Let it 
fucking go. Like, I don't know. I, the fact that we're having to still talk about shit like this in fucking 2019 is well, I mean, frustrating to me. Some of it goes back to like the, we don't have, I don't have a lot of social political or, um, cultural knowledge about what brazil's deal is yeah i don't even have that shit i don't even have stereotypes about brazil it's just brazil's a place uh i i assume <laughs> you assume <laughs> i haven't been there but i've, I've heard tell i've <laughs> heard tell of a place called brazil. about the existence of brazil <laughs> uh i don't know i uh I find it odd that a place that holds uh, holds something like Carnival is getting that up in arms about gay people. Right. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Carnival, like that's that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing that's going to do it. All the all these people prancing around in Carnival and the children's crusade is what is going to turn the kids gay. Okay, sure thing, boss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever. <sighs> All right, I just... get you. <laughs> All right. Well, that we don't. I don't have much to say other than that that you didn't already cover. So, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. And the Children's Crusade is not that good. Like, you can basically basically print out the page where Hulk, Hulkling, and Wiccan kiss, and you've got everything you need from. Um, from the Children's Crusade, unless you're a big Jim Chung fan. Okay. Yeah. S- sounds good. Uh, so, comics. Comics. Champions number four, uh, which is the Chris Claremontiest comic of all time, uh, is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by George Tusca, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Phil Rachelson, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Uh... Yeah, this is a Chris Claremont comic. Um, Hercules and Black Widow. Do what? What about the setup makes you say that? Just, it's the overall, it's the overall tone of it. It's definitely, because it is a very, it doesn't have the hallmarks, which is to say nobody says Bunky. Okay, But. It's it's got a very Chris Claremont structure to it. Okay. Okay. So Hercules and Black Widow are out walking along the beach and he's fuming about the stuff in Olympus and how Pluto basically got off scot-free. Right. And Widow's like, you got to let it go, man. We've got shit to do. One of the things let I, it was, go. I was going to say about this opening, at least, is it gives us just the tiniest window of... Uh, the thing we were talking about last week with how do we think when we've got a little more time for it to breathe, how do we think Hercules is going to deal with Black Widow being de facto leader of the team? And Mm -hmm. he seems to be taking it in stride. Like it's just, all right, cool, fine. You, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I didn't think Hercules was necessarily going to try and, B team leader himself because yeah. that's not that's not Herc's deal. No. Uh, you know, and he certainly like I don't I don't see Hercules necessarily being like super 
super conservative necessarily, just very traditional. Right. And that was the only stumbling block that I could foresee. But yeah, uh, yeah he's a laid back dude, so whatever. Uh, but they're they're attacked by a dude who is disheveled uh, and refers to himself in the third person as Billy. So, you know, already, already off to a great start in terms of uh, our depiction here. Um, Billy is really, really strong and kind of gives Hercules and Black Widow a run for their money. When, uh, when they have subdued him somewhat, they are immediately surrounded by these guys who take them all captive. Um, which and the, their their impetus for taking them all captive is basically Hercules tells them no hold on what's going on here and then all of a sudden and he's like well all right we'll take you all bam 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 yeah um so everybody gets a trank to go, a trank dart and they go yeah and uh, so they take them they take them to the San Marino. Uh, welfare hospital um, and who uh, oh boy um, the if there is if there is one thing that I can say about this it is that we have more proof here that Ronald Reagan's cuts to the mental health system in uh California did not yield any positive results whatsoever. Nope. Um but it's run by this this lunatic Dr. Lansing who was trying to restart the super soldier program and so was uh he had a cushy job but they kicked him out when they discovered what he was doing. So he wound up at the San Marino Welfare Hospital and just started experimenting on patients because fuck it, who cares? Um, and uh, so he his work seems to be proceeding along two paths. One, he is taking random people and turning them into like hulking brutes. And then the other part is he's got a box that controls people. Uh-huh. And so <clears throat> he had to develop the box to control people because um the folks that he would experiment on lost even would become huge and agile and very strong but they would also lose even more of their faculty. And Right. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> so uh Hercules is just like, I'm not listening to this and starts to tear shit up when Dr. Lansing is just like, if you don't knock it off, I'll kill Black Widow. And Hercules is like, uh, fine. (laughs) Um, continue your stupid story. And, uh, so he, we switch to Ivan, uh, Angel and Iceman back at Angel's uh, beach house. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention, apparently the reason Angel has this bright red and yellow costume now mm-hmm. uh, is that when they were developing the champions, um, 
they it was felt that Angel's blue costume, which he was wearing the last time we saw him in X-Men, would result in too much blue on the team. Because, uh, you know, Black Widow's got the black catsuit, but it winds up looking fairly blue on the page. Uh, Ghost Rider wears blue. Iceman is kind of bluish in hue and then if you add angel into that then literally the only color on the team is hercules's green yeah um which whatever but uh yeah so they gave him this garish red and gold th- or red and yellow thing uh for that reason and that reason alone frankly i think ghost rider's costume could have used a little more red but whatever um so they're sitting around. Iceman is reading an issue of X-Men. And uh, Ivan's just like, I'm telling you, I'm really worried about Black Widow. Like, she and Hercules went for a walk. And uh, they haven't come back. And Angel and Iceman are just like, Ivan, come on, man. They're probably fucking. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, no. No, that's impossible. Two perfect specimens like them? No. And... Uh, but sure enough, they are then attacked. And what do you know? Hercules and Black Widow are now being controlled by Dr. Lansing. And so we get this big fight. And in the midst of all of this, Ghost Rider comes riding up because he's got to be here too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I love how he's just kind of like, okay, going back to the house, doop 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 And then he just starts turning into the Ghost Rider. And he's like, uh okay so danger like i yeah. haven't even been near it yet the rules on this are so dumb but we'll yeah get more of that dumb later uh, yeah i'm not a i'm really not a fan of this like i only turn when there's danger stuff with him but evil whatever. makes more sense but like evil evil and da- evil and danger are different things yeah like you know a drunk driver is not necessarily evil but he is dangerous Mm -hmm. uh but anyway so uh we have this big knockdown drag out between uh the various members of the champions black widow like hones in on ivan and is going to kill him but then breaks her conditioning at that moment Hercules is in it. He is way deep and he's just wrecking shop. Uh, and ultimately the thing that frees him is when Dr. Lansing's box is destroyed. Uh, but then this causes the mutates to turn on Dr. Lansing and kill him. Uh, and then we get these weird as hell panels at the very end where what's happening on the page and what's text are entirely different things because these two panels it looks like it looks like Hercules and Angel are fucking screaming at each other and what they're yeah. actually saying is like hey dude this sucks i'm pissed yeah. that, i'm pissed that we got our minds controlled and uh Angel's like, yeah, but, you know, we're the good, and we need to be the good we want to see in the world. 
or we can sit around and cry in our beer. And Hercules is like, well, we don't want to do that. But it looks like they're literally about to eat each other. Yeah, it's it's really funny. It is. It's like, listen here. The world sucks. And we need to be what we want the world to be. Gandhi said that, I think. And like, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, yeah, it's it's an odd, it's an odd, I feel like maybe there might have been something more forceful and Chris Claremont was just like, I don't want to end it on that. Yeah. <laughs> or something. I I don't know. But uh, it's not, it's not stellar. No, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway, Ghost Rider. Uh, Ghost Rider number 17 is written by Tony Isabella. Penciled by Frank Robbins, uh, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Ray Holloway. And, um, you know, the you were talking when we were talking this week, you were saying that Ghost Rider this week is actually rad. Uh, okay, not the it, beginning. It, it's... It's, it's rad-ish. It's rad by comparison to... It's rad in comparison to what we've been getting. Yeah. Uh, but I I hesitate to go full rad here. It, it's, you know? To me, I really started to like lean into and enjoy what was going on in the second... I started in the second and I really started enjoying myself. I started enjoying myself in the second issue and... I was really enjoying myself by the end, but I was also maybe tired. Who knows? Well, don't get don't get me wrong. I'm not saying these are bad issues, and certainly they seem it, they go a long way toward undoing some of the damage that's been done to Ghost Rider in the last bit. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah I like that was one of the things I liked the most, actually. Yeah. Um, so you know when we when we left when we left Ghost Rider. Uh, last week, um, Katie Milner, the, uh, stunt woman for Karen Page <clears throat> had been possessed. Uh, and we also had Wendy and Richard Peeney as characters in the comic cause fuck it. Um, so Johnny Johnny remembers that he has a job, which that and just as a the, this is the inciting incident. Johnny's hanging out with post uh, champions fight we just did. I guess he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta go to work." And everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, we we didn't. None of us have jobs." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just let we just let Warren pay for everything. Warren, you're cool with that, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Which I would. Yeah. Fuck. Like, this This doesn't even to be seem to be a sugar daddy situation. Like, Warren just seems to be cool with everybody hanging out at his beach house. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's a good fucking deal. Yeah. Um. So he remembers he's got a job and he goes to the studio where he finds out that his job is put on hold. They're not recording the show they're they're not going to start shooting the show again until such and such time. Uh, yeah, the the weirdness needs to be sorted out as far as yeah, there's a records yeah, uh, there's a records problem. 
Yeah. And which we touched on briefly with the accountant in reading last week. Um, so he's <clears> like, well, I better check in with, on Katie because maybe I've got a thing for her. I don't know. And so he calls up the peonies and is like, how's it going? And they're like, you need to get to the hospital. Where the fuck have you been? Get to the hospital now. It's weird. Yeah. And he's like, okay. So he rushes to the hospital. They're like, go the fuck in there. It's too crazy. And he's like, all right. So as he's walking to the door, he turns into the writer um, and meets <laughs> sexy Katie Milner cowboy. Uh, and she is gone full possessed got horns and weird boils and she's throwing doctors and nurses and they and she's humping the bedpost yeah which it's like why why <laughs> like why does every possession have to have like the sexy aspect i know that like there's a repression angle or whatever right but like every Every single possession has always got to be just like, ah, I'm so fucking horny. And it's just like, man, why can't there be a repress, a repression demon? That's just like, (laughs) no, your, your, your boners are evil. Your boners are evil. (laughs) Uh, Um, So whatever. Eventually Katie tries to hurt herself uh, and possessed Katie stops when she realizes that no being continuing to possess Katie is actually going to hurt Ghost Rider more. So but she kinda wants some alone time, so she blows everybody out the out the hospital door. Uh the hospital staff clears the entire floor and the room above and below. Um and at that point everyone's like, Okay, Johnny, we need help you know people and he's like i do why the fuck what actually i do know someone for this um and he yeah. calls damon yay and damon's and... like i'm kind of in the middle of a thing but actually you know what i i think if i he does one of those like you're in the middle of a hard problem so go do something else and you'll come up with the answer essentially and he's like uh yeah all right so he just pieces out from what he was doing well, this is this is me when I'm in the middle of a depressive episode and somebody calls me up and uh, I'm just like, I really can't. I've got like way too much going on. And then I'm just like, eh, I need friends. <laughs> so that's literally like he's just like, maybe oh, I should, I'm maybe re- I should make an effort. <laughs> like I, I'm just realizing we skipped Son of Satan number one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Son of Satan number one is written by John Warner, penciled by Jim Mooney, with a an intro page by Jim Starlin, inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Diana Bashima, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Damon comes home. His house has been, uh, like, uh, what am I, what am I trying to say? Robbed. His study is like empty. His desk is gone. Apparently in the desk was his wife's or his wife, his mom's diary, all of this stuff. Uh, so he's just like, dad. So he goes downstairs to his uh, basement portal to hell, goes in and the demons are like, 
Hellstorm, we need your help. We need your help. And he's like, no, fuck you. And like kills them all. And they're like, fine, fuck you. And try to kill him. And uh, that's when Satan shows up and he's just like, I didn't do anything. Go the fuck away. Yeah. And uh, Damon's so, like, I don't believe that you didn't do anything because you're you're literally the father of lies. Uh, yeah. But I will leave. Dad. And then he does. <laughs> well, yeah. Satan's just like, I didn't do anything to your stupid house. Get the fuck out. You're right. And shuts the door and then seals the portal. Yep. Um. So Damon heads back to heads back to the earthen realm and then he's beset by a bunch of illusions and it turns out that it's this dude called the possessor mm-hmm. um, and the possessor is just like, haha, it was me. I did all of it. And uh, it it turned like um, his mask is pulled off and he's like got a human face and then demon faces sticking out of the side of his head. And Damon is just like, oh, man, that's fucked up. And the possessor is just like, I know, right? I'm out and disappears. <laughs> uh, at which point we are treated to a brief vignette of a the these native dudes in Arizona. There's a shaman who's working with his student. The student is just like, you know. Yeah, I'm going to learn all the things. Yeah, and he's so Uh, deep in his... It's not a trance, but he's like so focused on what he's doing that he doesn't hear the possessor seemingly apparate and murder his teacher. And then uh, is when he comes to, he finds the possessor looming over him, laughing like a weirdo. And he's just like, you must be my spirit guide. And it's like, kid, you're way too trusting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so that was that. Back to Ghost Rider already in progress. Yeah, my bad. Uh, So Damon says, yeah, I need friends. I'll come and help. And and Ghost Rider's like, Mao, he's a friend. Yeah, I actually kind of like that moment where it's like Johnny being like, you know what? He's I really don't have any friends. He must be a fr- I'm going he kind of decides Damon's his Damon is his friend. And... <laughs> Which I I like that I like that there's no there's nothing there because Damon's whole friend thing is all internal monologue. Mm-hmm. So literally all Damon gives him is I have got way too much going on, but as far as your friend, I'll be there tonight. Yep. And so like Given that and Damon's general demeanor, I like that Johnny is basically creating this friendship out of whole cloth. Oh yeah, he's just like, it's nice to have, it's nice to have friends, and it's just like Johnny. Whoa, you are getting way too in, into this relationship way too soon. Yeah, um, you guys need to. You've battled one demon together. Yeah, that does not uh, a friendship make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So Johnny is thinking about all all his his women friends, and he's like, "Well, there's Roxanne. I love Roxanne, and I always will." How do I feel about Karen? How do I feel about Katie? And yada yada yada. Um. 
Meanwhile, we've got Karen, who's just like, how do I feel? I've, how do I feel about Matt? And how do I feel about Johnny? And like, do I love Johnny? No, but like, I can't, I can't sit around like pining for someone who's not here. I've got to live my life. So I'm going to go string that man along. <laughs> um, I mean, that that's, is... that's basically like it's, it's, if it were, if it were treated as, uh, if it were treated as, I don't know how I feel about Johnny or maybe, a, you know, maybe there's something there or whatever. That would be one thing. But she literally decides, I don't love Johnny. Yeah. But like, what am I supposed to do? Sit at home at night? <laughs> like, so, uh, and then we, we go to the accountant, Cosgrove, who finds something in the records um regarding the the whole like uh million dollar thing or million dollar contract on Karen Page but now for the part we're actually here for um yeah. so Damon arrives and apparates in again just people apparating that's the word of the day and he showed, well actually i like this because one the two nurses are talking to each other at the nurse's station and one's got her back to the entrance and she's just like this is all creepy shit and uh what do you know anything about the the exorcist that this johnny blaze guy's got on his way i've seen the news stories from st louis and he is fucking crazy and the one the one that's like facing is like uh amy shut up shut shut up shut up and she's like <laughs> no they're like you gotta listen to me he's gotta have like garlands of garlic and weird steaks and shit and then, like damon's behind her and goes cease your chattering woman direct me to johnny blaze and she turns around and she's like i do i'm sorry i didn't i didn't know you were standing he's like i do not care where is johnny and he's like okay uh johnny stands up and is like holy shit Let's go, friend. We're friends. And he's like, <laughs> all right, cool. So they go run into Katie's room, and it is uh, nonsense in there. Um, she has remade, or the demon, has remade the entire uh, place into a hellscape. And Damon's, Damon's like, or Ghost Rider's like, uh... So, can you handle this? He's like, oh yeah, go ahead. I got this. And just begins to depossess. Um, or excise. When he... Is it Damon that forces her name? Like, gets the name uh, out of the demon. Yeah. yeah. And he forces her the demon's name and it find, you find out it's Legion. Which is just a ton of def- different demons. Well, yeah, this is literally, this is very biblical. Yeah. Because it's just like, you can call us Legion because there's just a fuck ton of us in here. Um, and so, uh, 
Yeah. Um, but so they burn down a bunch of these demons back to back, and it's actually it's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. Because at one point Johnny's like, uh, I'm I. I'm possibly in over my head. This mm-hmm. this may not be because Damon's just. This is nothing. This is a warm up for him. These demons are nothing. This is this is breakfast, and he's Johnny's like I'm not exactly struggling, but if this goes on for too much longer, I'm gonna get is gonna be bad. So they turn around, and Katie is in the bed. After they beat all the demons, Katie's in the bed, but there's like an invisible barrier and they can't get to her. Mm -hmm. Turn around again and they find out that it's, oh my God, it's the challenger and he's got a treacherous path. Uh, So the challenge is with uh, for Johnny and he's like, all right, I'll do it. Uh, The challenge is you do this race and risk your soul in the process or are you're if you don't you're definitely going to lose her soul and yours um so it's a no win and johnny's just like all right fine i'm in yeah. let's do this and damon's like uh no like whoa you should maybe um think about this and he's like no nope. no i'm good yep and that and... impresses the shit out of damon well, it honestly, it impresses me. This is really the first time. This is kind of the first time that I've s- seen this level of heroism. Yeah. Out of Johnny. And uh, so, yeah, I I'm I mean Brandon, rather impressed in that regard. He's uh, definitely got a personal stake in this. In this, but it is very. Mm-hmm the at least the stance where it's like you have a choice okay i'm doing it oh you didn't hear the things i'm doing it like if you seem to be controlling the situation i'm doing the thing what do you need and right. that's pretty good so yeah you're right yeah you know i mean he he barely knows her mm-hmm. um you know like he gave her a ride one day and she introduced her or she introduced him to her friends. And that's really the entirety of their relationship as far as we know. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it would be very easy for Johnny to just be like, no. <laughs> like, but he doesn't. So, well done, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ghost Rider number 18. Uh, well, so, the Challenger teleports the bike in and... Ghost Rider is just like, I'm off, bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ghost Rider number 18 is colored by Phil Rachelson and lettered by Karen Mantlow. Um, so this is kind of a magical mystery tour of all of Johnny's baggage because he starts riding and he's got Crash and Roxanne alongside him. Uh, he is forced to make the jump that killed Crash Simpson. That he, uh, that and he, he relives well, do what? He, because he he's forced to make the jump next to Crash, and this is the same jump that he did like two months after Crash died. Right. So and then he has, so he has to relive the fact that Crash dies. He has to relive, and then when he made it, the day after he made it, or 
immediately after he made the jump in, at Madison Square Garden, um, he lost Roxanne the first time because she was just so furious that he would attempt it and be like, there were a lot of complicated feelings that she was very mad at him. Right. Um, and so he had to f- lose her again and then do the canyon jump. Um, yeah. <clears throat> or no, and the challenger offers him after that or before the canyon jump he offers johnny okay you can stay in here and keep doing the thing or there is i there is a constructed reality where you can go back and be with roxanne at, at this moment and he's like nope that's not what i'm here for let's keep going goes and does yeah. the canyon jump fails again uh and is falling to his death so yeah, and uh, we have we have uh, Wendy and Richard and Coot Collier uh, appear uh, at the hospital. They don't apparate; uh, they just walk. And uh, he, uh, they get there, and they're just like, "We're here to help." And Hellstrom's like. Yeah, there's not really a lot you can do, but you can you can chill. Um, and uh, the uh, the upshot of it is that like we get a we get a brief recap of like oh yeah, Katie's in a protective force field. Nothing, nobody can get to her. Um, but uh, so. In the in the Challenger's constructed reality, Ghost Rider is falling, but then like there's a chunk of his motorcycle like fused with the wall of the canyon. So he grabs hold of one of the uh, handlebars and pulls himself up um, to discover that his friend, the guy who's like that that is like. Jesus, it's Jesus. It's supposed to be Jesus. Well, he pulls himself uh, up out of the canyon, and the challenger's like, "How are you going to finish a race with no bike, bitch?" And oh yeah, I and Johnny's about like, that. Uh, "I don't know, but fuck it, let's give this a try again." And he creates the fire cycle, and right. it hurts like hell, and it feels like his head's about to split open. Um, but he gets it done. And keeps going, and then he runs into the friend. Yeah, who is being crucified by a bunch of his former uh, enemies, including the Orb and Trapster, and just Ghost Rider has the worst fucking in it. Like, I'm sorry, like, Ghost Rider works when when you're dealing with satanic threats and stuff like that. He's really cool when you're dealing with the occult. When Ghost Rider has to fight, like, earthly enemies that are just, like, dudes, he gets the worst fucking enemies. It's awful. But even the lineup here, reading it made me laugh because it's, like, the orb. And I'm like, well, that sucks. Snake Dance. God, I don't miss him. Uh, Miracle Man. Uh, He's actually kind of a strong dude. Aquarius, huh? And the (laughs) Trapster. Oh God! It got real bad there at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bad. Um, um, so yeah, he literally has no time for this bullshit, though. Uh, that's the thing that I like about this fight is just 
he's just like, fuck you, fuck all of this, and he just has no time for any of these idiots, um, and puts them down fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the Miracle Man, who should ostensibly be the biggest threat, he immediately blinds, and that's him out of the fight. Yeah. Uh, and he just plows through the rest of them. But it's too late. The friend has died. Aww. Oh. Like, is it... <laughs> whatever. Um, but then he is beset by his friends. Uh, he's attacked by Thing and Black Widow and, and Spider-Man Angel, Angel and, and Iceman and, Ice and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but ultimately he winds up in Spider-Man's web and is... Uh, is being is about to be devoured by Black Widow. Yes. Um, we then end on a little thing uh, wherein we have Stuntmaster, and he's just like, oh man, they're going to find out it was me. They're going to find out it was all me. And it turns out that Stuntmaster has been forced into all of this shit with uh or with the Karen Page contract and all of that by uh Death's Head. We and if you're reading this and you're thinking like the robot bounty hunter, no, if you'll recall, the uh the first Death's Head was Karen Page's dad and uh he he had a ghost costume and a dead horse that he rode <laughs> um so yeah so ghost rider uh number 19 uh i feel like maybe we should uh no it's fine uh ghost rider number 19 is colored by don warfield and lettered by gene hip um johnny is at his lowest point uh he he has been utterly and completely ground down by uh this experience and so the challenger the challenger appears to him and uh basically deals the final blow by telling him that everything that he's been through um his his supposed redemption is a lie the the friend was an illusion created in order to uh, get his hopes up so that his fall would be all the greater. Um, and so Johnny is Johnny is done. Uh, and the challenger the challenger reveals himself to be an agent of Satan. Um, an archdemon, like, like yeah, he's a big powerful agent of Satan. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, all you have to do is give in, just take my hand and I'll take you to hell. The contract will be fulfilled and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. And I mean, Johnny is all that, but like, we won't have to do any of this anymore. People won't suffer because they know you. (laughs) There will be suffering for you. Yes. But everybody else is free from your bullshit. And he's like so close to taking it just because he's had the absolute hell bashed out of his will and yeah his his hand is like hovering over 
the archdemon's hand. He's on the verge of like literally all he has to do is just let it go and it can fall into the challenger's hand. Right. Um, and he but manages... this, this last little reserve of strength kicks in and he's just like, no, no. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing that I like, or one of the things that I, it's very, I don't know. It's a little heavy metal because it's, he's like, wait a minute. And like with this last ounce of strength, he's still thinking back on it. And he's like, wait a minute. If it's all a lie, I still have all my powers. Yeah. And he just goes, and he's just like, wait, I can feel them. And he like, he realizes that it's basically been himself and the lies he's been told that have been blocking off this, this massive well of power that he started mm-hmm. out with and he's like oh fuck you and he goes ape shit it's fucking fantastic the way yeah. that he basically he big he just starts picking this demon apart uh yeah yeah it's really great um yeah because it's it's ba- it's basically a uh what is it he says he's like uh you only have the power that i believe you have Oh yeah, and, and then uh, that's the thing that he reveals at the very end, just because he first he unblocks himself, and then he's like, "Wait a minute, you're drawing all your fucking power from me." Oh, bitch! I got you yeah. now, and yeah. it's so cool. I, yeah. I enjoy the shit out of these this issue, this part of this issue. Let me these these two issues are like it it takes it. I feel like they're undoing a lot of what they've done in the last few. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a nice little return to form uh-huh. for the series. Um, but yeah, he uh, he wrecks this fucking archdemon and it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, he is once the demon is defeated, he's transported back to the hospital room. Uh, the barrier drops and Katie is no longer Katie. She's turned into Roxanne. And it turns out that the demon Inferno from a while back uh, had taken Roxanne and turned her into Katie uh, in order to hide her. Uh, And Johnny's just overjoyed. uh, And they start making out. And everybody else is really uncomfortable, and there it's it's awkward as fuck. Uh, and then it becomes even more awkward when uh, Karen comes in, and she's just like Johnny, I oh, and uh, yeah, so she, so she's decided that she's been hurt again, even though she also knew she did not love him. Uh, Runs back into the hallway and is out, maybe outside the hotel, the hospital by that point. Yeah. The hotel. The hotel yeah, the, for sick people. Uh-huh. <laughs> the sick person hotel, you know. Uh, yeah. When she's grabbed by Stuntmaster and Stuntmaster's like, oh, sorry, I was looking for you. And she's like, for me? Yeah. And then he gasses her. And... <laughs> I hope someday you'll be able to forgive me. And then the last page is Karen tied to a post in a barn, I guess, where 
Death's Head is like, give where me... all the best confrontations take place. Oh, yeah. Give me the information you possess, and we're done. Yeah. And we're not going to have to worry about this for several issues. Of... It's a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's, we get back to it a little bit later in this reading, in this week's reading, but yeah. Um, so we'll take a break and be back in a minute with, uh, some more Son of Satan. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, we're back. I, uh, I am, I am hurting here for this part of the week. Uh, yeah. Son of Satan, number two. Um, yeah, the, uh, we have... We have this random bit with like two dudes sent to check out a a reservation that kind of went dark. So they go they go to look and uh one of them's like an an older dude who's been doing this a long time and one of them's a younger dude who's uh newer to the job but has like a PhD on uh he's got a master's in native culture or something like that i don't i don't know uh it seems like a buddy cop waiting to have or a buddy cop movie waiting to happen very uh but they die so so you know yeah but uh basically the the short version on that is that the possessor has taken over this entire tribe and they they're now the good the good news is the natives here are depicted with actual as actually red, but it's paint. We're we're not we're not going for we're not going the full racist here. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, like it is it is for a better person than I to go into whether or not the depiction of indigenous culture is uh in any way appropriate but at the very least at the very least we're not going full red face so uh so damien damien is back at his house and he proceeds to have a um a vision of uh the deal with the possessor and it turns out that the possessor uh is the son of an illusionist called the great zoran and uh zoran so it turned so there's zoran zoran's wife and their kid Raphael. um it turns out that Raphael's mom had uh mental powers and it was actually like she was the one that was kind of like making the show everything that it was and uh the the end result of this is that when the husband the great zoran finds this out uh 
he is driven into a rage and he murders her. Um, you know, people, people talk about idiots talk about the concept of toxic masculinity. Like people are saying being a guy is wrong. And that's not what the, that, that is. No, this is toxic masculinity. Yeah. He can't handle not being the special one. Right. He is, he feels so small mm-hmm. as a result of the revelation that his success is all his wife's doing that he flies into a rage and murders her with a rock. Like, yeah. So the, if you want to, if you want an example of toxic masculinity, literally all you have to do is point to something like this. Right. Um, uh, but he, Raphael witnesses all of that. And um, through the Zoran decide it has inklings that, Raphael may also have some mental powers and he's trying to tease them out of his son. He's unable to do so forever for such a long time until at one point he's able to coax them out and use them conjure to make illusions and bend wills of first animals and then people. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, now he, Raphael basically puts his hate for his father in a box and puts it to the side and is like, I'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> and his father begins to have the same jealousy toward his son that he had toward his mother, uh, that Raphael has these powers. But years go by, Raphael ends up owning the becomes so popular and so well uh not regarded but like he gets all the money and the power and he ends up owning the carnival that they work yeah yeah at night but like he ends up burning himself out from the inside like he's just hollow uh emotionally uh rafael and these two demons show up and they're like this is perfect. We should be able to handle him. No problem. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. And so they try to possess him, but, uh, Raphael uses his powers to end up possessing the demons. So they're all sharing the same body. Yeah. Like the, the demons are now a part of him, but he's the one in control and he controls what they can do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And then we, so we, we sort of end things here for now, um, with the flashback. We'll get back to more about the possessor later, but, um, we, Damon's like, oh shit, I got to do something. And so he goes, he goes flying off in his chariot to Arizona. Uh, as he does that, the faculty at Georgetown is like, we need a someone to head the parapsychology department. Uh, and the way he words it is so weird um, because it is, it is initially 
I had to read it a couple of times because the way he words it is such that when I read it the first time, I was like, it, I took it as um, he was saying, we fought very hard for our department to be taken seriously. But then as I reread it, I'm like, is he say is he saying we've managed to dupe these motherfuckers? Um because he uh let me see. Sorry, I'm trying to um It was no easy task first getting uh funds in this time of economic aridity uh not to mention dispelling or at best holding off the inevitable controversy that serves as a perpetual albatross to the legitimization of this science. Um, and it just, the way, the way it's worded, it's like, we've managed to hold off the questions about whether or not our, our business is legit. And it's just kind of like, that's not, that's not how it should work. That's not, no, you don't just hold, you don't just hold the controversy at bay. You got to deal with it. Like, you want to be taken seriously? Fine. Fucking prove something. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, they're, but they're, anyway. The, the crux of that is they're searching for a department head now, uh, and they've decided it to go after Damien to run it. Yeah. Um, so Damien arrives in Hel- Arizona, and um, he sees he sees like an image of one of the Navajo and they're like, please help us help us. And apparently Damon has a thing against people in need. Cause he, he gets rid of this motherfucker real quick. Well, um, it's like the satanic side of him, the beast in him just doesn't like being startled. Like that's really what it is <laughs> because anytime something crashes out of, you know, the mist or the ether or the darkness he's just like ah! and just blasts it with soul fire um which is what he does here yeah I, that's the way i take it <laughs> don't sneak up on damon helstrom just don't well do you know it it generally i mean this issue and last he's like he's approached by the demons who are like please help us and he's like no die <laughs> and now he, he's uh approached by the spirit of the of this native dude and he's just like no fuck you um but anyway so he heads in and in these caves he finds a portal to hell like the one under his house um and uh he he encounters baphomet and he's just like hey dad and baphomet's like i'm i'm not your dad He's like, he uses my form sometimes, but I'm not actually him, but no. Uh, I know this is confusing, but I'm not your dad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you were my dad last time. And he's like, yeah. Uh, all right. Some <laughs> Sometimes I'm, sometimes your dad looks like me. Oh. Um, That's not confusing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they start fighting, at which point... The possessor shows up with Nightfire, who it turns out is the uh, young man that was meditating in the last issue. Um, 
And, uh, yeah. But in the course of this fight, um, Damon... So demons versus possessed natives posse- versus Damon, who's just like, fuck all of you. Um, yeah. And he loses the trident... And he ends up getting sucked into the possessor as well. Right. And now the possessor is just like, ha ha, now I have all of his power. And I have all of the faces. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, um, yes. So Son of Satan number three is lettered by Denise Wall. Um, the possessor uh, forces open the portal to hell. Uh, and, uh, all of, all of his, vi- all of the various minions, including his own are like blasted in. Um, and, uh, Satan's like, uh, what is going on? And so he goes to have a, have a look, see for himself. Um, and then Baphomet is fighting Nightfire, mm-hmm. whose skin actually is red. Uh, so, and mm, made of stone. Yeah, but yeah, um, Nightfire grabs Damon's trident, um, and it uh it causes uh he's sort of taken over at that point by the spirit of his dead teacher. Um, so he, he then launches into an attack against the possessor, the, the possessor, uh, (laughs) in the course of things, the possessor is just like, oh yeah, by the way, Damon, would you like to know more about me? And, uh, we find out that, so yeah, he, he takes over the, uh, he takes over, he takes over the demons that tried to possess him. That night he kills his dad and then he disappears from the carnival. The first place he went was to go and see the shaman that was murdered. And he's like, teach me how to do what you do. And the shaman's like, no, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, fine, I'll have my revenge. And so he travels the world and all of these dudes, all of these like religious teachers and things like that are refusing to help him. So he goes and he learns some of what he can on his own. But we that's why he targeted this specific shaman is just because he told him no once upon a time. Right. And uh, so, yeah. So. Um, uh, so Satan heads up to Earth to uh, to deal with the possessor and the possessor is like, ha ha, you fell for my trap. And he, he goes to take over hell. Yeah. But so the, the car, we keep, we kept going back to this car that was in front of Hel- Hellstrom's house in Connecticut. Is that where it is? Uh, and New Hampshire, one of the two. And he, uh, the car explodes outside of his house destroying the house so oh, what yeah. that gate 
to hell is sealed. At the moment that Satan arrives on Earth, he's like, the possessor goes to hell and then seals the door, seals that door too. So now Satan is stuck outside of hell, ostensibly. Right. Um, Yeah. To which Satan's like, no, that's not how this works. I'm Satan. And he goes back to hell and he's like, get the fuck off my chair. Uh, and Possessor's like, no, I'm born to replace and destroy you. And he's like, oh God, really? Uh, like, I love the fact Satan's doing all this yelling, but his words say, I am so bored with your bullshit. And just, he (laughs) tears him down. Uh, and... The Possessor kind of drops... (laughs) like he just he's like getting ready to do something and then out of nowhere he just falls uh at which point Damon reappears um and satan's like oh hey and damon's like uh basic basically what happened was that when when Damon was a part of the possessor he let his dark soul out and let it kind of run free inside of the possessor. And so in the end, the possessor winds up being kind of hollowed out by all of this. So Damon is free. The possessor is defeated and Satan, Satan's petard has been hoisted because his son basically saved the day, saved hell from this random asshole. Um, at the end of it, Damon's like, I'm going to take the possessor to go and be treated. And Nightfire, who is still... So he's still red and stony. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that this is just who he is now. Uh, he says, no, um, let me... Let me... Um, work with him. Let me try and get him, kind of teach him how to be a normal human being. The thing he was prevented from being. And uh, Damon's like, whatever, not my problem. And yeah. uh, I was doing a nice thing by t- bringing him out of hell. If you want to take him now, go for it, bud. Yeah. Yeah, because this is, this is like, uh, this is sort of the the upper limit of how much Damon is able to give a fuck. Yeah. Um you know, when it's all said and done he's just like, okay, I will uh I will deliver this rando human out of hell and I'll make sure he gets treatment. And uh yeah, like he he has literally expended his fucks for the day. So, yeah. Um, anyway, okay. this these these issues. The possessor is really dumb, and the way I kind of could do without any more stories about somebody being absorbed into the gestalt, and then defeating someone from within. Sure. Like, 
I can I don't really need that anymore. Right. Um so yeah. Uh Daredevil. Before we begin, I would like to say this is this is Daredevil has led to something of a crisis for me in terms of doing this because <laughs> reading these issues I I'm just sitting there going why oh this is torture. And then I realized this this isn't something I'm being made to do. This is something this is something I I do willingly. And it's just it's a crisis moment cuz I'm just like this is so shitty and I don't want to do it. And I'm like you don't have to. And it just makes me think of uh Radiohead, you know? You do it to yourself. You do. Yeah, and yeah. that's what really hurts. <laughs> and uh and it does. It does hurt. Um So, Daredevil number 135 is written by Marv Wolfman, uh penciled by Bob Brown, inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Michelle Wolfman and lettered by Joe Rosen. And oh, by the way, speaking of stories I'm fucking sick of, how about stories wherein TV is the devil? Um, because I, I genuinely like, I'm curious to know, does, does Marv Wolfman hate television? Is this, is this a situation like, um, is he still alive? Yeah, he is. I can't um, imagine what he thinks of the internet. Like it's got because it's this times it's it's all of his arguments against TV, to, like just cranked up to eleven. Well, you know the the thing that the thing that frustrates me about these arguments is that they're always it used to be they were always leveled against television. Now they're leveled against the internet. And it's just, it's kind of tiring because it's like, guys, stupid people have been stupid for as long as there have been people. Yeah, it's just... The <clears throat> delivery system for the stupidity changes, but, like, it's still, it's the same... Because the frustrating thing is they try they try to kind of turn this at the end into a general parable about, like don't just accept what you're told. Yeah. But the entire thing is via the medium of television. It's newspapers are out here reporting the truth. Newspapers are out here saying, no, the things you're seeing on television aren't true. We're trying to, you know, so he doesn't, he doesn't mix it up. And it's like, it's worth pointing out in situations like this, that, you know, before the internet was around and it was, ooh, TV is so dumb and it's misleading people. Donald Trump took out a full page ad in the newspaper decrying the Central Park Five. So newspapers were never blameless in any of this. Oh, no. It's... Newspapers had just as much stupidity. They misled people just as much. They were owned, and before owned that... by corrupt politicians at the time, like 
just I'm thinking of Chicago anytime, almost ever. Right. Uh, right. And New York as well. William Randolph Hearst, like yeah. just all. You know, it's it's one of those things. It, it gets leveled against television in this era it, that we're reading in, but it gets leveled against the internet now. And it's just like stupid people are going to believe whatever they're told regardless. Before the written word, it was some dipshit walking around just being like, you know, I heard the yeah. king is a lizard man. Yeah. And right. people were just like, oh. what? That you know? And, and that's just the way it, because stupid people are stupid. They're going to find new and interesting ways to be stupid with technology, <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that the issue is their stupidity. Yeah. But anyway, so we finally get to the culmination of all this bullshit, uh, with, you know, Robert and Jack Kennedy being alive, maybe. And like, Oh, there's footage of Daredevil murdering some cops and so on and so forth. <laughs> footage of Daredevil murdering some cops. Uh, the Vietnam War didn't happen. It was actually in there, but there was an entire engagement in Chile. Uh, and blah, 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 blah. Turns out, and oh, the, the jester's back and claiming that Daredevil rigged his earlier arrest. Right. And the, the thing that the thing that bothers me about this is that the jester could not have telegraphed this any harder. Nope. Um, like the fact that he did all this shit with Jack and Robert Kennedy being alive and all of that, like has, he's made it so outlandish that people can't help but question it. Right. Um, and, and so if he had, if he had started smaller, if he, you know, if he had kept it to like the, the police in New York or something like that, not that I think the police in New York at any time necessarily needed help alienating the citizens they're supposed to protect. Uh, but the, if it had been, if it had been some lower key shit, Maybe this could have worked out better, but because he's just like the Vietnam War was all an illusion and Jack and Robert Kennedy are alive in Europe and all this shit. Like, it's just like, man, can you can you try any harder? I mean, like, just yeah. caption the whole thing with this is all a supervillain plot. Right. Um but so Matt's mad and he like full on, he full on slaps a newspaper out of Heather's hands, uh, which Heather, come on. Like he's not, he's not doing a very good job around her of, uh, of hiding his blood, hiding the fact that he's not actually blind. And I have to assume she's just got like a learning disability or something. Or she because, knows and is or just she like, knows and doesn't care. And but it's just like I I am too scared to ruin this because I'm a real weirdo. Yeah. Um but 
Yeah, because like he slaps the paper out of her hand here, and then at one point he runs out of the room, and it's just like, man, you are not doing this secret identity shit is not working for you right now. Uh, but she's like, come on, let's go have sex, and then we cut away. So they went and had sex. Yeah. Um. But we cut to the jester who's just like, yes, this is going to be the most delightful jape of all. And it's just like, oh, fuck you. Um, We have a brief... Cut again again to the storefront with Heather and Foggy. And they start talking about the investigation that Foggy... Or the case that Foggy's following up that involves Heather's father... And he's like, because she's all worried that maybe her father isn't who she thinks she is. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it doesn't feel right. Because I tried to get in to see him, and this guy called Stone just stopped me and told me I wouldn't be able to. And it doesn't feel like your dad knows what's going on. And she's like, well, God, I hope so. And then they... Turn on the TV and the Jester's there. Right. And Jester is ostensibly on the news talking about how Daredevil framed him. But then we cut to Daredevil who is actually in the studio where they're uh, broadcasting the news at that moment. And somebody comes in and they're just like, our signal's been interrupted. And Daredevil's like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. So he follows... He follows the signal using his special abilities. Um, there's a brief, you know, whatever, where he's set upon by people uh, by the people of New York, but who cares? So he tracks the he tracks the signal and arrives as the police are standing over the bodies of or is are standing over the body of the jester, and the police are like, "It looks like you killed him," and he's like, "What? I just got here," and they're like. Well, that could all be part of your, part of your alibi, and uh, it's like okay, sure. Um, so but uh, he tries to escape, and Rose, Detective Rose, uh, asshole, uh, shoots him in the mm-hmm. fucking shoulder or wings him in the shoulder, and he's like, "You got lucky. I, you're lucky that I'm a marksman. Otherwise, I would have, sh- I would have killed you." Uh, mm-hmm. So they drag him downtown for questioning and put him in the office. And it's like they take him straight to the district attorney of New York, which Rose ought to know something's up with that. Um, yeah. But so they take him to Tower's office and Tower seems to be on the up and up uh, because I guess this is this has been part of their plan is they're working together to try and draw out Jester by letting him think he's got the freedom to continue making more and more moves or something. Um, Which Jester's like, this is great. I'm going to go nuts. Let's do it. Uh, So they take Daredevil to jail. He gets into... Oh, right. Yeah, this is recorded history. This isn't real. We don't find... Okay, so what it looks like is they take Daredevil to jail uh, and 
he meets his cellmate immediately upon meeting his cellmate he these anchors come flying through the window through the bars of the jail a helicopter pulls the wall off and daredevil starts scaling the guidelines to the helicopter cops take some shots at him uh he falls daredevil eventually falls out of the jail or out of the helicopter into the water and it looks like jester and these guards are gonna kick his ass yeah and foggy is watching this and he's like no it can't be daredevil's no criminal okay and that's the end of this and it's frustrating because it's like if they're showing you what's going on in the prison if they're showing you the conversation that he had with his cellmate, it's probably not actual news footage, guys. Yeah. But yeah, so... Yeah. This brings us to uh, <laughs> the uh, the second part of our trilogy of terror. Uh, Daredevil number 136, which is at least penciled by John Bushima. Um, you know, I will... The, the one thing that kind of alleviates the pain of having to read Daredevil at the moment is that we are getting some John Bashima art, but that's that'll only... I, I can deal with a lot, but, like, good art does not cover up a bad story. See the Children's Crusade previously. Um... So yeah, so the upshot of all of this is that the jester, uh, the jester airs this thing about him having captured Daredevil and taken him back to prison. We get, we get a couple of explanations for what's going on. One is that the body in the morgue that is supposed to have been the jester was a toy and uh, can stand up to several tests, but once they start talking about an autopsy, it bursts into flames and is immediately, like, destroyed. Um, and uh, so then we cut to Daredevil in jail, and there, and it's like, yeah, they said you busted out, and Daredevil's like, well, that's what uh, that's what we were waiting for. It's all starting to fall into place, uh, all this bullshit. And uh, the jester's like, yes, haha, it worked, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so Daredevil is taken to meet with uh, D.A. Tower and with the mayor. And they explain, uh, they sort of fill the mayor in on what's going on. And the mayor's like, I can't believe it. And Daredevil's like, well, no, seriously. Um, and they show him, they show him examples of all of this and Daredevil's like, I never broke out. I was in jail all night. And the mayor's like, I just, I don't know what to do. And, uh, Daredevil's like, he's accelerating his plan, whatever he's doing. Um, he's getting, he's getting ready for it as we speak. And so, <clears throat> Excuse he's me. Like, and he's, his plan is getting more and more accelerated, so the next logical steps are either the law is, the law is disbanded, 
or the cops have gone crazy or something like that something huge and mm-hmm. just terrify the populace cut back to jester who's like yep that's the plan and yeah is like got composites of president ford and mm-hmm. he's getting ready to enact his evil we f- we find out that the way this is all accomplished the scientist that he murdered in a previous issue yeah. had designed this computer because he was a film buff and yeah. he wanted to see new movies featuring all the old hollywood stars and rather than letting them rest in peace he wanted to uh digitize them and have them acting out his ghoulish fantasies for the rest of um eternity the jester uh took this evil idea and turned it even more to evil um but so daredevil's out swinging around and he he pops he pops back by the house at which point heather's like uh hey there you are uh where have you been have you been looking into leads about my dad and he's like uh yes yes in fact i need to go do that some more and she's like but matt what wait and he's like no look i'm sorry I just popped in for a minute, but I gotta go. Um, it's then that we find out that Stone has been recording um, all of this shit. And uh, so Stone uh, sticks his head in and tells Heather's dad, I'm heading out for the night. And her dad is just like, cool, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, um, I got stuff to do. Yeah. And uh, so... <clears throat> it's at that moment that Gerald Ford takes the TV and tells the citizens of New York that the cops have gone insane and are killing citizens. Uh, and to, instead of stay in their homes, Gerald Ford encourages citizen, the citizenry to muster all the weapons they can and go murder all the cops. Um, yeah, why which, not? Yeah, that's the kind of thing a president would tell you. Yeah. Well, oh God. Um... This is this is the uh, Second Amendment fetishist idea of what the president would tell you in that situation. Right. What would actually happen is that the president would be like, uh, "Stay in your homes. Yeah. Don't let anybody in. Um, Please don't murder anyone. Like, don't <laughs> murder anyone. Don't do anything. This we'll is not sort the, it out. This is not the fucking purge. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right." Uh, so yeah, so Daredevil's just like, well, obviously, yeah, this is, uh, this is clearly the jester. Um, it's time to go. And it's, it's really annoying. Daredevil frustrates the ever loving shit out of me because he, I hate his whole, like, you know, you've got to let the system do its job. Except me. I don't, I don't have to do that. Yeah, uh, fuck the system. I'm Daredevil. Um, and it's his really annoying. His whole deal, his whole argument with Tower is like, okay, I gotta go, I gotta go stop him. And Tower's like, or you could let the cops do this, because that's like what we're here for. And he's like, 
you know as well as I do that all the citizens of New York are definitely going to believe this and start murdering cops in the street. So it's easier for me to move throughout town than it is for a large force. And he's like, Tower basically goes, that's that's insane, but uh, is there any way in hell that I get you to not do that? And he's like, nope, bye. The the frustrating thing about this argument is Ford specifically says, the police and your superheroes have joined forces against you, so kill all of them you see. Uh, And the thing about it is, Police uh, can provide cover for one another. Mm-hmm. Daredevil doesn't have that. Nope. So he just gets shot and dies. So anyway, so Jester, uh, we take his wrote that Jester can, or the Daredevil can actually move more efficiently through the streets. And we switch to Jester, who's just like, ha 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 ha, everything's proceeding according to plan. And then he turns to a room full of criminals and he's just like, you see, this is all according to design and uh this one guy's just like yeah this is really dumb i don't want any part of this and the jester's like why of course it's a free country you're welcome to do whatever and why does anyone buy this why like if you are a gangster in any sort of gangstery situation and somebody's like here's this idea i have and you're you're like no thanks and they're like of course no hard feelings there's the door do not do not do it do Don't not do it do not believe door. them yeah take any other door pitch yourself out a window you're not going through the door that they're ushering you toward because that dude's going to murder you there is definitely death behind that door um, and sure enough he sends him into some kind of goddamn funhouse full of mirrors and a stairwell that eventually leads into it turns into a slide that sends him to a giant jester face filled with gnashing teeth and i assume he's chomped in half yeah and uh we hear fairly grisly wave to kill a scream yeah yeah we hear a scream and uh, Jester does the obligatory let that serve as a warning. And it's just kind of like all that does is serve as a warning that you will murder literally anyone. You do not give a shit. Uh, and it doesn't really it doesn't really make anyone want to work with you. They're going to turn on you at the sur- first opportunity. But whatever. So we turn we, to the streets of New York with the entirety of its citizenry out lurking the streets with guns and everybody's on edge that they're so on edge that they're actually starting to take shots at anybody who even looks at a, looks like a cop uh, and Daredevil kind of calms a few of them down but he's realizing that going is or it's Matt Murdock who, who tries to calm a few of them down but he realizes that as Matt Murdock it's going to take him forever to get where he needs to go so he against all advice turns into Dare- switch changes into Daredevil and goes swinging through the streets immediately catching the ato- the eye of at least a dozen uh gun-toting citizens uh who 
chase after, take some shots and chase after him. Uh, Daredevil happens along a bank robbery, which like that's the whole deal, right? Like this lawlessness is supposed to be so that the gangsters can, I guess, rob the entire city. Uh, the citizenry thinks that Daredevil's helping these bank robbers, so everybody starts shooting everybody else until finally what they the citizenry stops and because one of the goons is like hey everybody quit i know from Jester, jester himself that he actually wants daredevil taken alive so let's grab him and we'll take him to jester so he can get a fair trial and everyone's like yeah yeah so they take him to Times Square where Jester has set up a gallows and they're going to string him up after they have some witnesses. I don't know. We're almost done with this. It, it gets so much better. Okay. Daredevil number 137. So, Daredevil number 137 is colored by Don Warfield. Uh, this fucking book. I uh. so let's bang it out. Uh, <sighs> Jester tr- tries to kill Daredevil. Daredevil manages to save himself from hanging at the last minute. Uh, Doc D A Tower is in the is crowd. In the, is D A like... Tower is in the crowd and tr- and basically turns the crowd against Jester. Jester and some of his uh, gangsters fly away in a helicopter. Tower and Daredevil back at Tower's office talk about something. Um, Jester wait. murders another und- underling. Yep. And then, yeah, um, the uh, uh, Matt is back at home with Heather and. God, Heather's annoying. Uh, but a thing comes on TV saying that there is a disturbance at Wall Street. Matt goes out and follows some dudes back to Jester's hideout. Um, and then he gets gassed and t- tossed into the murder maze. But because he's Daredevil, uh, he survives the murder maze, murder maze and then doubles back. Uh, yeah, back through, instead of taking the, like, easy, he gets through the murder maze, and at the very end, there's a door that's, like, marked this way out, and it says freedom on the end of it, and Daredevil's like, no, there's just a bunch of spinning blades behind that door, or something, piranha, I don't know. Uh, so he doesn't go through the door, instead he goes back the way he came up the murder maze, um, and crashes in there, beats up on Jester and some of his gangster goon buddies uh eventually taking him down then he goes on the news with he basically he goes on the news with uh somebody to explain everything that happened and try to keep us caught up the very end of this and the only thing that we care about is that and but care is strong is that now Word has gotten to New York that Karen Page has been kidnapped by somebody. 
Um, and Matt's like, holy shit, I gotta go. Yeah. End of issue. Thank God. We only have one more issue of Daredevil, but we gotta get through three, four issues of Blood Brothers. Yeah. Um. <sighs> okay. So, Iron Man... Number 88 is written by Archie Goodwin, penciled by George Tasca, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Iron Man is actually a little bit of a bright point in all of this, which is a sad statement. Uh, That's how bad some of the shit this week was. Um, So, apparently, in the night, uh, Pepper and Happy just left. Uh, Happy, of course, has relapsed because he has brittle bone disease or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Pepper's just like, we can't, we can't be where we need to be right now. Uh, it's just, it's not safe. And he's like, that's fine. Take all the time you need. And she's like, you don't understand. This is like, we love you and everything, but... You know, it's only going to, even after Happy's better, it's only going to be a matter of time before uh, he has to put the suit on again or something else happens. And uh, yeah, and this is it's a solid argument. Um, It is. And this is kind of why I'm generally like the whole concept of secret identities is untenable. Yeah. Uh is because, like, you want to you wanna keep your secret identity a secret from, like, everyone. Yeah, okay. But the people close to, closest to you need to know. They yeah. need to know why dangerous lunatics keep popping into their lives. And, you know, if you love them, you tell them. So that they can make a decision like this. Yes. They can decide, like, okay, you're going to do your thing. I will stand by you while you do that, or I'm out. And that's, that's like the only fair thing to do. And, uh, but you also have to not, you have to do, you have to do Iron Man, not Daredevil. And be, when they say, okay, we got to go like, yeah, sorry. Uh, we love you. And because we love you, we, that's how I know I will get pulled into some bullshit. Um, yeah. And you have to do the Iron Man and be like, okay, uh, I don't like it, but I understand it, um, and I appreciate you. Uh, thank you. And let him go. Not yeah. Daredevil, where you're just like, Karen, no, come back. Yeah. Natasha. <laughs> uh, okay, so Dar- anyway. Iron Man leaves the train that they're on, and he goes back to New York. We cut to a trucker. Who comes along another wrecked truck, and it was carrying a bunch of pigs that have, are all dead, and they look drained. Um, come to find out, it's the Blood Brothers, and they ate the pig's blood. They crashed the truck and ate the pig's blood, and then waited in the wreckage until another truck came along so that they could hide in it and force the driver to take them uh, east. So they did that. Mm-hmm. The Blood Brothers are um, not great. Anyway, 
they get back. Stark gets back to SI. Uh, sees that Abe Klein, his old professor, is still up and working on defense electrical systems for the plant. Um, and Abe's like, hey man, uh, you know, I can take care of this. I'm just an old dude that can't wait to get to work. Uh, why don't you go have a life? And Tony's like, yeah. all right, I do have that girl I really ought to check into. Ooh, she's probably yeah. mad. Cut to Roxy being mad at Michael? Yeah, O'Brien... O'Brien has faith in begored her into going out to dinner with him, but uh, it's all just to make Stark mad. And so she's like, fuck this, and leaves. Yeah, she figures out he just he's just trying to get information out of her about, like, what Stark did to his brother. And she's like, this is dumb. Bye. Yeah. Um, the Blood Brothers ram a truck through a police br- blockade. Stark gets to Roxanne's apartment and the doorman's like, yeah, she's not here. She went out with some dude. I don't know. Irish guy hates you. And, uh, <laughs> like, I could feel it. He didn't even say anything. I could just feel it radiating. It was a very yeah. strong aura. Uh, Blood Brothers are tearing up the Lincoln Tunnel. Um, so, Tony Ironmans and... Uh, all of this, and then um, this detective by the name of Harry Key sees that Iron Man is off dealing with the Blood Brothers. So he um, goes to uh, goes to do espionage because that's what you do. You do espionage. Um, is, and is uh, it are you espioning? I, es- I don't know. Esp- no. Uh he he <laughs> if leaves you espionage, his... are you a, an esper? No. Uh he leaves his apartment so. or he leaves his office and Michael O'Brien is watching him for reasons. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Ah, I can use him to get into the thing and then essentially frame him." Frame Tony. Yeah. Uh, the Blood Brothers are trying to get to a place, and killing Tony or killing Iron Man is like a bonus. So they sort yeah. of stop and they're like, "Let's kill Iron. Let's kill Iron Man because he's right here." Um, we cut to the Scrounger, who is this sort of vagrant guy who crawls underneath a bunch of rubble and is talking to someone. We don't know who that is yet. Uh, Blood Brothers, Blood Brothers, Blood Brothers. And it looks like... Oh, they crack his... The repulsors in one hand. The jet boots on both feet. And then hit him in the face to crack the plexi in his eyes and mouths. And then drop him through a pier. Yeah. So, it looks bad. Yep. Which brings us to Iron Man 89, lettered by John Costanza, where, of course, he gets out from under it. Um, He manages to kick in the boot jets long enough to get him out from under the uh, piece of road. Um, 
but they give out before he can get very far and uh, he splashes down again uh, but then as he's trying to climb out uh, Daredevil happens by and helps him uh, Daredevil being on his way to Newark Airport to catch in the last flight out to yeah. uh, to go well. and yeah to go and help Karen. I, I like the Daredevil's part where like, he's like, "I got a flight I can't miss, and the last one is going out of Newark because Kennedy and Laguardia are already gone, uh, mm-hmm. and you didn't want to go to Laguardia anyway." If you can if you can skip LaGuardia even in the seventies, just do it. Uh, <laughs> and so he helps. Iron Man's like, okay, wait. What if I can call my boss, Tony Stark, and get him to hold the flights for you? Yeah. Um, will that work for like an hour? And Daredevil's like, uh, yeah, I guess that's fine. Uh, Karen's not gonna get less kidnapped if I, if I don't leave right now. Uh, so mm-hmm. Daredevil goes on ahead while Tony makes repairs to the suit, and he is basically just canvassing the area, searching for Blood Brothers, and he's not coming up with much. Yeah. Um, we get a brief thing. Roxy, like, takes off. Uh, like, she's just sick of fucking everybody, and she leaves. Harry Key is about to enter Stark International when he's stopped by Detective O'Brien. Uh, and O'Brien rumbles to the fact that he's got, like, a Stark International security guard's uniform. And he's just like, you know, I could leave it be if you, if while you're in there, you get something for me. And Kay's like, or Key's like, all right. Um, so Daredevil happens across the Blood Brothers, turns on a, uh, a tracking device that Iron Man gave him. And so they start, he starts, he leaps into battle against the blood brothers and then Iron Man joins them in the course of things. Iron Man's only got his rocket skates and one repulsor, right? He couldn't Uh, get anything else fixed, right? Um, but in the course of the battle, Iron Man tells Daredevil, hey, I've dealt with these guys before. I have a theory about something that could help. So they separate the Blood Brothers. Sure enough, it turns out that their that their strength is symbiotic. The cl- they have to be together to draw strength from one another. If you separate them, they're easier to defeat. So they do, and they do. Um... Daredevil's like, cool, alright, well, you wrap this up, I gotta go catch a plane. Iron Man's like, cool, take it easy. Um, In amongst all of this, we have this guy, Scrounger, who has been bringing food to somebody trapped under some rubble. Turns out it's the controller. Um, And this is why I say this is the the one semi-bright spot in all of this. Uh, is because controller's interesting. He's an interesting foil for uh, for Iron Man 
the best the best villains are reflections of um a hero mm-hmm. and i think controller is is interesting in that regard in that he's a brilliant scientist he was injured much like tony was uh he built himself a suit of armor but he uses his technology to tear people down while Tony's trying to use his to build them up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. Anyway. Um, excuse me. Iron Man number 90. Uh, we'll have to wait. Let's take a break. Yep. And then we'll come back and finish it up. All right. You know, I heard in the uh, in Star Wars before he decided that uh, Darth Vader was going to be Anakin Skywalker, that his originally his name was going to be Darthagar Vadergon. <laughs> no, we're back. <laughs> that makes me sad. <laughs> we're back. I'm not sorry. Um. Anyway. Iron Man number 90 um, is uh, written by Archie Goodwin Jim and Jim Shooter, inked by Jack Abel, colored by Don Warfield, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Irving Watanabe. Uh, so Iron Man takes one of the Blood Brothers and drops him in a cell. Uh, the other is far away in a different cell. And uh, we find out that in the course of things, so the controller, the last time we saw the controller, he was uh, working for Thanos, had a, had a little to do with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel did the whole cosmic conscious thing, consciousness thing and was just like, what if you weren't an asshole? And controller was just like, oh my God. You're right. And then Thanos was just like, what? And uh, used the cosmic cube to banish him. So after Thanos was defeated, Controller reappeared at the point he was at when he disappeared. However, that building was then like reduced to rubble after he had disappeared. So he woke up in the rubble. Hooray. Um but this dude Scrounger had found him and had kept him alive in the meantime. Uh, now that the Blood Brothers had cleared a little bit of the hole or a little bit of space in the rubble, uh, the Scrounger brings some random like junkies and homeless people. Not saying those are the same thing. I'm just saying those are two groups that he drew from uh, into the hole where they are given controller discs this then allows controller to get free of the rubble and he starts stomping around yeah the Um, more the more controller discs he has in place meaning on folk the stronger he gets right um so they got about 20 or so dudes under his control which means yeah controller is able to get out of the rubble and head off tony goes back to the 
uh, sorry, Tony goes back to SI and finds there's a fire, um, and he's on his way in, and Harry Key is on his way out dressed as a guard, and uh, Tony goes help goes and helps with the fire. It's real fucking freaking heroic. Uh, Harry gets back to his car and is on his way out when or is about to drive away when Michael pops out of a car and is like get holding him at gunpoint and is like get in let's enjoy the ride um just give him a little bit of money like yeah this is this doesn't have to be a fucking thing dude just yeah you've moved from uh, yeah anyway tony goes in and starts repairing and armor. I don't remember which one we're on now. Um, because he... I don't remember if it's the old one because he knew, needs it to be tougher or the new one because it's fucked. Um, all of his armor at this point is mostly scrap. Uh, there, he, he needs to spend some TLC. Yeah. Um, though, I, though I do like that this kind of... Uh... The fact that he work has a chance to work on his armor winds up resulting in a weird moment during the course of this because, uh, yeah. But uh, he's contacted by the Beast and the Beast is like, yeah, uh, there was an altercation between Captain Marvel and the controller there. And Iron Man's like, God damn it. Um, so, uh, he, he heads to the address, uh, and finds that a, an electronic store across the street has been burglarized. Like somebody plowed through the wall and stole a bunch of shit. So he goes to, he goes to this warehouse that the controller had used previously and of course, the controller's using it again because criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot, and also they're they're like pigeons. Um, <laughs> so uh, he he gets there and he's like, "Yep, there's all the stuff." Um, and uh, he and he and the controller have a battle. Um, and I I like it because Iron Man is is like not used to fighting at full power. <laughs> yeah, he's so he's so just kind of like, this is way too easy. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but he he manages to defeat uh, the controller, but Scrounger uh, pumps out a bunch more discs with the machinery. Uh-huh. And he's just like, I'm going to I'm going to make you you happy, boss. And uh, yeah, this whole scrounger thing is really weird. Uh, like, yeah, but he stops. He stops the controller for the moment. Um, but in Iron Man number 91, which is written by Jerry Conway, inked by Bob Layton and lettered by Joe Rosen. Um, he brings the controller to S.I., and uh, takes him in and puts a puts a 
bowl on his head and sticks him in some plastic. And uh, he's just like, that should keep him. And and Abe is like, I don't like it, but boss says you've got the run of the place. Um, yeah, every as he's dragging this highly dangerous individual through the plant, everyone that they pass is just like, God, no! What, you shouldn't be here. This isn't a prison. What is going on? Go away. Uh, yeah. And Abe's the one that makes it the Miss Abe Klein is the one that makes it the most like he enunci- enunciates the point the best. And yeah. but Iron Man's got a plan, and he's gonna do it. So he goes back yeah. to Stark's office and turns into Tony to try to do some Tony things. Uh, screw you. Screw. Uh, Scrounger, meanwhile, is out attaching discs to the 20th strongest dudes he can happen across. Uh, Tony meets his new secretary, whom he immediately hits on. And Um, takes to dinner. Yeah, he's just like, um, you know... He, this is so frustrating because it's literally like, uh, it's like he meets her and he's just like, yes, I'd like to give you some dick. And (laughs) she's like, oh, not even a, not even a dictation joke. You just, all right, cool. Let's do it. And so he takes her to dinner. Um, but when they, they are, uh, (laughs) one of my favorite things is like, He's just, he, they're making their way through the complex and he's like, he twigs to the fact that something's wrong. And so he's like, I have to run. And like, they're right by a bathroom and she's like, most people don't announce it, but okay, you do you. (laughs) She's like, she goes, well, don't broadcast it, Tony. We all have to go sometime. Right. Um, and he's like, uh, yep, it just keeps yep. to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, this isn't what happens, but I'd like to think that he runs in and then Iron Man runs out and she's like, did you see Tony in there? And he's like, mm-hmm, he's, he's struggling. <laughs> he le- he left a little he left a little like there's an Iron Man device he has yeah. that's literally just a little speaker that just <laughs> plays like his voice grunting and like <laughs> god awful shitting sounds. Um but yeah, so uh one of the blood brothers uh who's at Rikers Island breaks free so Iron Man's like, I gotta go deal with that. So um, he he goes and yeah, and so you've got like the controller and Iron Man converging on Rikers Island. The plan being that controller used his mental powers to cause the Blood Brother to break free. Once the he breaks free, Scrounger is to place a control disc on him which will give controller his strength. But um, Iron Man's like, yeah, good plan. Let's do it. Slaps the control disc um, onto him, 
which causes an overload. There's such a thing and as then, too much power. Uh, whatever. Uh, fuck it. I don't know. Um, and uh, this overloads the controller's uh, exoskeleton. The people who were being controlled are released, uh, but the controller disappears. Um, Blood Brother is imprisoned again, and we are left with Scrounger... Uh, nursing an invalid controller again, and you just know controller is cursing every god he can think of. So. Alright. Last but not least, Daredevil number 138 is uh, written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Jim Mooney, and lettered by Joe Rosen. I will say, John Byrne is an asshole. Um... But I will say that his work during the 70s, 80s, stuff like that is goddamn amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I dig old school burn anymore. His art is kind of shitty, but whatever. Uh, so, so, yeah, we just yeah. start immediately at the outset with Daredevil fighting the Smasher who is trying to smash Daredevil with a 10-ton safe. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil does some... Here's why I'm here for the audience. Some expositing for the audience about like why he's in L.A. looking for Karen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't. we don't get all the way to why we're actually fighting the Smasher right now. Um... I swear I read this. (laughs) Anyway, so Smasher is doing Death's Head... Death's Head's billing. Bidding because he's watched Death's Head kill a man before. And he's like, I don't want any of that. Uh, So beating up Daredevil and getting him inside... Getting him whatever's inside this safe is what he's he's here for. Uh, Daredevil's knocked out and... Smasher takes the box from the safe and Daredevil and takes him to Death's Head. Um, Which, I guess, you know, that's like a good way to find out what Death's Head wants and where Karen is. Uh, Get yourself captured. Two birds. Uh, Yeah. Johnny and Roxanne are making nice, nice. uh, And Johnny's like, yeah... We're never going to be apart again, ever, except for, like, right now I do have to go find Karen Page. Johnny uh, Blaze, Ghostwriter. And Roxanne's like, all right, well, come back safe. And he's like, cool, I will. And he rides off into the darkness to search for... Love you, moi. (laughs) Yeah, he's just going to search L.A., one of the largest sprawling cities all of it for Stuntmaster why not why not but he's riding along Stuntmaster's lurking because you know he's like oh uh, he'll kill me if he blah 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 Uh, but Johnny happens across some dudes who are stealing some carpets Uh, but it turns out that the carpets that they're loading onto this truck are actually like 
sewn into them are baggies of heroin. Um, which, okay, but I don't really see what this has to do with anything. Nope. Uh, we get a, we get a brief switch back to New York where Foggy's just like, you know, I haven't seen my fiance for a while. That was a (laughs) plot thread we had going for a bit. Remember that? My fiance is missing. Anyway, sure I'm worried about her. Um, and at that exact moment, he gets a creepy phone call from somebody who gives him an address and tells him to be there without the cops. Uh, right. Uh, I had I had honestly forgotten Foggy had a fiance. That yeah, because he. So it was, it was Debbie Harris. She was she had gone to jail. And then got out and they got together and because it was a yeah, I keep I keep forgetting about her Uh, because they keep they keep doing shit like this where they'll just be like, you remember Debbie? Okay, yeah, now she fucks off again. And like, (laughs) boop, 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 (laughs) (laughs) just just drag her in by the shoulders. You remember Debbie? Yeah, I guess. Now, who was that? It's Foggy's fiance. Okay, cool. (laughs) <laughs> just yeah. toss her out <laughs> yeah uh so in la daredevil wakes up and he he's in a room with th- like four machine guns that are trained on him the lights are out so you know he's not supposed to know but we keep having to put we have to keep putting daredevil in situations where people are not aware he's blind and hit that works to his advantage. So he's in a darkened room and there's just a bunch of machine guns around him that are trained, uh, that are like trained to follow him. And he's got to fit. So he figures out like they had their, their effective range. He manages to get out because he's actually blind. So the darkened room doesn't matter to him. Ha ha. Take that criminals. And, uh, <sighs> Meanwhile, Karen Page is in a bedroom somewhere in this same place, talking to Death's Head on a screen, who's like, he just comes out and says it and is like, no, I'm not your dad, okay? Quit it. I want, like, stop that. It's creepy and I don't want to be your dad. I want your dad's research into cobalt poisoning or something. Um, And I love, in all of this, he's always on the horse. Yeah, always. Never not. Even uh, when he even when he is also, like he's on the screen talking to her, he's just like sitting on the, the horses is like and he's like quiet girl, you know, and all this. And it's so fucking dumb. But uh so he's so, it's, so he sends Smasher into the room with her to I don't know get the information out of her. Daredevil's running around the same house looking for Karen. Johnny Ghost Rider is out and he turns into the Ghost Rider because uh, Stuntmaster is right behind him. They have a bit of a thing. Stuntmaster's like, no, 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 please don't punch me with your fistful of fire um, that I still think is a prop for some reason. Like, all these people. So, so dumb. Um, 
So he's like, I came to tell you where Karen is. Uh, Death has been forcing me to work with him. Uh, let's go. Meanwhile, so they go. Uh, Ghost Rider's like, I don't trust you, but you're you're my only lead I've got, so fine. Um, Foggy goes to the address at the time from the phone call and gets shot at. Yeah. Foggy, Foggy gets ostensibly shot. Yeah. Um, Again. Um, these goddamn gnats. I just ate one. Ooh. I gross. just, like, I breathed in and one came in. Ugh. Uh, Daredevil plows into the room with Karen. Uh, he and Death said, fight. Smasher is, I guess, gone. Uh, Stuntmaster and Johnny arrive, or Stuntmaster and Ghost Rider arrive on the scene as uh, Death's Head is attempting to drain the life out of Daredevil. Week over. Yep. So uh, I kind of plowed through that one. Did you have anything you need desperately need to say about it? It's it's kind of an odd ending uh because you i don't know like the cliffhanger the cliffhanger it leaves off on is uh ghost riders here and that's that usually if they end on a cliffhanger it's like oh no somebody's gonna die but here it's just literally like ghost rider arrived yeah Uh, daredevil has to fight in close because he's not a ranged fighter which Fighting Death's Head in close is a good way to get yourself murdered. Uh, and that's kind of where we end it. Is he's dying. Ghost Rider arrived. I guess Ghost Rider... Oh, and it's going to be continued in Ghost Rider number 20. So I assume yeah. that's the first of next week's reading. Yep. So, top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top 5. Top 5. Alright, for me, I got number 5. Foggy has a fiancé? <laughs> what? Oh. I do kind of vaguely remember that. Uh, <laughs> number 4. Tony has to go. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I forgot that when I was making mine. Don't get okay. in his way. Uh, number three is do not sneak up on Damien Hellstrom. <laughs> he will Im- immolate you with soul fire. Uh, number two, Johnny and Damon make friends like six-year-olds. Which <laughs> You're going to be my friend. Okay. Like, that's that's just, the, that was the whole conversation. Um... But then, uh, honest to God, number one, Ghost Rider num- number nineteen, uh, because the the way that that ended was twice badass. Because at first, real once he's been revealed that you know everything's a lie for the past all, several issues, all, all of it, like a lot of it since he was depowered originally um it starts out as a thing as a ploy to break him down even further 
but it ends up strengthening him because he realized, wait a minute, if it's at all a lie, then I still have access to all my powers. And he starts taking him apart. And then he realizes that he the Archdemon only has any power at all because he believes it. And it's just rad. Um, yeah. And it's heavy metal as hell, and I love it. So that was my shining point of the entire week. Yeah, so that's uh, me. Well, my number f- my number five is uh, <laughs> there is a there is a uh, there is a point at during the uh, the fight against the archdemon that uh, that Ghost Rider says. Ghost Rider's like riding away from the demon and he's like, you'll never get away from me. And Ghost Rider, adult man, empowered by the forces of Satan, says, stick it in your ear, mister. <laughs> like he's fucking Dennis the Menace. Um, <laughs> number four is Death's Head's horse. Because I know what the deal is with Death's Head here. I can't figure out why he has to be on the horse all the goddamn time. It's a power move. Um, I guess so. Big yeah. dick energy and yeah, all that. Right. Uh, number three is Foggy's disappearing, reappearing fiance. Uh, number two is uh, Karen is heartbroken that the man <laughs> she decided to settle for doesn't love her. Like... <laughs> I've realized I don't actually love you, but that's okay because I don't have to. <laughs> but oh my god, you love somebody else. Oh, well, like okay. She even says as she's leaving, she's like, "I know it's not love, but it's compassion, or it's it, yeah, compassion for a man who's going through a, a difficult time." And it's like, now nah, that's that's not the same thing, like. Literally at all. Those don't equate in any way. Uh, yeah. 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 Was that your two? Uh, yeah. My number one is uh, Ghost Rider, Rider number 19. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. That is it for us this week. Uh, we are taking next week off. Because my wife and I are taking our first tri- our first vacation since our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. With or without Do child? What? Without child. Mm. Um, but uh, join us in two weeks. We'll be doing... Uh, we get the beginnings of the Eternals. So, who knows? Maybe, maybe my opinion on them will change. Uh, you know, weirder things have happened. I didn't really, I wasn't really a Thor fan when I started this. I didn't like Hercules. Uh, you know, I didn't like Shang-Chi. So, yeah. Who knows? Uh, who knows? I have bad news. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't expect it. I'm just saying, weirder things have happened. That's true. Is all I'm saying. That is true. Um, you know, 
we have some Iron Fist, a character that I hated before and am now just ambivalent about. So that is also true. you know, uh, there you there you go. And uh, the the rest of this whole thing with Karen, uh, which I will be glad to be done with. Anyway, uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us both individually and at Watchers Guide MU. Uh, email us at watchersguide at gmail.com and visit our website at watchersguide.com. Have a marvelous Bye. Bye.